Well, tonight I want to do something a little bit different, and I would suggest to you there's going to be no great surprises in this, but I would like to encourage you along the lines of what you may already know and have observed for yourself. But I do have an objective beyond that. I want to encourage you and indeed drive you back to the Scriptures to look at things that maybe you thought you understood, but you need to have another look and ask what the Bible really says about a whole range of things. So my overall topic tonight is signs of the times. What on earth is God doing? Right now, we are going through for us and our experience unparalleled days of turmoil. Many people are confused. And I ask, is there a sure word from the Lord that will speak into our personal circumstances, into our nation, and indeed the nations of the world? And I answer, yes, there is. Here it is. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 say this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Just a few words about the historical context before I take these words and apply them to our situation. In the history of the people of God, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, the exodus, deliverance from Egypt, and the passage through the Red Sea was the key moment of the nation's redemption. And as a result of that, they always look back to that moment, that defining moment, as to give meaning and encouragement and hope to their lives. The God that rescued them from Egypt took them through the Red Sea and ultimately on into the Promised Land. That God was their God. They were in covenant relationship with that God, which meant that God's faithfulness and his mercies were never, ever going to fail. But right now, the particular point, the historical moment in which this prophetic scripture from Isaiah 43 was speaking into, they were no longer in their land. They were in exile, and they'd lost all hope. Where is the God of our fathers? Where is the God who brought us out of Egypt? Where are his mighty works, mighty deeds? Has he abandoned us forever? And Isaiah says, stop talking about the old days. Stop looking back in history. Look to what I'm doing now. And I tell you, behold, now I'm doing a new thing. I'm going to make a way in your wilderness. I'm going to produce rivers in your desert. And this is encouragement to all of us today. 
Many of us feel that we are passing through difficult times, dry times, but that's, that's not the spiritual reality. The spiritual reality is, is that God is doing a new thing in our lives. Now, we know that God can take the things that come for which he is not directly responsible. For example, this pandemic that has broken out upon the nation, upon the world with uh, added complications now with a mutation happening and great concern and great effects, ripple effects of this, even tsunami effects of this virus bringing in all kinds of confusion, economic uncertainty, political instability. And in, and in this situation, this new wilderness, God says, I am going to make a way where there is no way. And I, I want to speak to you personally tonight. I don't know how you feel or how you regard your circumstances. You might feel yourself totally shut in, blocked off, with all, not just talking about the lockdown, all the circumstances. You might feel yourself hard-pressed and you say, where is the way out of this? What on earth is God doing? I want to assure you right away that God is going to make a way for you, even if you don't see that way. Even if you don't perceive it right now, take it from this prophetic scripture that God is going to make a way for you where there is no way. God is going to make a way where there is no way. And this will be just as supernatural in its own outworking. Now, the, the, we talk a lot about the supernatural, um, and uh, I think that language is accurate, but sometimes we ought to define a little bit more how, what we mean by it. God can so work in circumstances which every single one of them appear 100% natural, but in it all, through it all, there is something definitely supernatural happening. The bringing together of circumstances, the chance conversations, or the apparent off-the-cuff comments, or the, the chance meetings, or some thoughts which are dropped in your mind, and it appears to be almost totally a natural process. But behind it all is the hand of God. And right now, in this natural occurrence of COVID, God is at work. We have suffered some severe criticism as a church because we closed our doors. And we said we are going to abide by the government's guidelines. And we did this out of conscience concerning the spread of the virus. Our building was COVID safe and COVID secure. And technically speaking, there would be no reason whatsoever why we could not meet under these circumstances apart from complying with government uh, guidelines and our care and concern to set good examples because one of the reasons the virus has continued to spread is because people, you know, many people didn't abide by these guidelines. And so we're setting a good example. But even more than that, we have more confidence in what the what God is doing than what the devil is doing. And in this time of coronavirus, ongoing crisis, God is at work in ways that he would not be at work if the virus was not affecting us. I'm not saying that God planned it and God did this, but God is certainly using this to work very deeply in our lives. I want you to go to last Wednesday evening's prayer meeting where I delivered, just I'll share a few things about it now, where I delivered a message which came out of a prophetic dream. Uh, now, I'm not asking you to send me all your dreams. 
Sometimes the dreams is because you've had too much cheese, and sometimes it is the outworking of the mind. And when you have a dream that you believe is in some way prophetic, uh, the, 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 the filtering of that, the interpretation of it, is sometimes a complex thing, but God can help us. And in this dream, I found myself in the back of the church, and it, was, it, it appeared to be the time when the COVID virus had been uh, you know, was no longer a factor. We were free and able to gather in the vast numbers that we were able to gather in before. But something different had happened. What I saw was the outworking of what God was doing in our lives right now in an invisible way, in a way that we didn't realize and find difficult to perceive. God is always at work. Even in the most difficult times, sometimes in the most difficult times, God is most at work. And the, the fruits of this was a people, a renewed people, a refined people, a people who had dug their roots deeper in God. There were people in the congregation that were coming off the street because they recognized that something was happening here in this building. Uh, when we get back in, in full swing in this building, you watch it. It will be marvelous and glorious. And we will find people who have come to Christ during the coronavirus, faces that we do not recognize at the moment, and we will get to know them. God is bringing them back. And, and the major shift that had taken place was the responsibility that believers had accepted to themselves to be church builders, to be those who are involved in growing the church and accepting responsibility as ministers within the body of Christ. And this would never have happened, not in the same way, if we had been able to meet week by week by week. Because when we gather together in the building and everything's done for you and, and, and you have an opportunity to sit and listen and it's great that you're with me tonight uh, watching and listening, but the idea can be that the ministry belongs to those of you up here. That's the ministry. But in this lockdown, you have realized that the ministry is in your hands. And the anointing is in your hands. You are called to be ministers. You are called to share your faith. You are called to build one another up. And the church is not bound by buildings. I don't know why people think that is still the case today that the church is bound by buildings. For 300 years in early church history, there was no public church building. They had to use places, different places, outdoor places, people's homes. And this has been a call for, from the Holy Spirit and a demonstration that church can work even when we do not gather in larger buildings. We've kept on gathering through the technology that you're enjoying tonight. And people have been in touch with one another and as they've been able to meet together. And this is a sign from the Holy Spirit that God is calling us back to the simplicity of New Testament Christianity. In which it's not just about going to church, it's about being the church. This has brought the potential for the greatest reformation in hundreds of years concerning how we think about what church is. And this has been from the Lord. And it's a wonderful outworking. Now, in every situation, God is working out his big plan, which is to bring his kingdom into the realm of the earth. The time is coming when God will manifest the, the new Eden, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And this new Jerusalem 
will be God's dwelling place, and God's dwelling place will be with humanity. And every ideology, every false philosophy will be brought to nothing. Every opposition to the Lord God Almighty will be brought, will be, will be brought to nothing. Now, today there are many moves towards, I will best describe it as a, as a desire for a utopia. Many people say, what's wrong with our planet? What's wrong with the world? And they point to political leaders and say, well, it's your fault. Or they say, there are all kinds of things which are operating uh, in the world, uh, which have shown throughout history to bring about pain and suffering and weakness and oppression and exploitation. And so they say, we're going to change things. We're going to tear it all down. I say, and then what? None of them knows how to build it up. They think just that if everybody thinks the way they think, then suddenly everything's going to get better. But there are many, many moves over history towards an utopia, a utopia which is human in origin. And every single one of these will disappoint. Every single one of these will fail. And one of the th things that God is doing in our generation is to show us we're in a, an environment where we can't do what we normally did, where the things that we trusted in before or thought were secure are not secure. We are experiencing a shaking, a shaking of everything that can be shaken with a purpose beyond the shaking to ensure that that which remains shall remain and that which can be shaken shall be shaken. And guess what? We belong to the people of God who cannot be shaken. And we are part of the kingdom of God that shall not be shaken. This earthly shaking at the moment is nothing by comparison to the shaking that is to come. The Bible says in a little while, I'll shake not just the earth, but heavens also. There is coming um, the mother of all shakings, which will culminate in the return of Jesus Christ. And every day, we're getting closer and closer to that. Some of these systems of utopia, all of them really, are nothing but counterfeits of what God is doing. Human counterfeits of what God is doing. People are trying to bring in the kingdom their own way, with their own understanding. Let's look at some of the things that people are working for today. Justice. Well, justice can only be founded on the righteousness of God. Remove that, you have no justice. Equality. That can only be founded in the realization that humanity is made in the image of God. We are image bearers. That's the only basis for equality. People are working for a, a human brotherhood. And often what that means is dividing themselves into little groups of identity, whether it's on race or gender or sexuality or anything like that, and saying, this is the true brotherhood. Well, I want to tell you that there can be no brotherhood amongst humans, humanity, without first recognizing the fatherhood of God over all humanity. There are people who are working for peace, but without the shalom of God, there will be no peace. People are working for prosperity, but unless you realize that prosperity comes from the generosity and the provision of God as provider, there will be no real prosperity. People are looking for joy, the expression of pleasure, but the only real and lasting joy is coming from the pleasure of God. People are looking for health, 
that, be that belongs to God, the restoration of God. People are doing everything they can to offset global warming and to balance the ecology. But that can never happen until we express wise and godly stewardship of the planet. So you take God out of the picture and the whole thing collapses. So one of the things that God is, the message that he's wanting to get through to believers and non-believers alike is the only hope for the planet is the gospel. Right now, human ingenuity has run out. You've seen the zigzag policies of various governments. First, the mask doesn't matter. Then the mask has to happen. First, it's this, and then it's that. First, it's this lockdown, then a general lockdown. Now, I'm not criticizing. I'm praying for our political leaders. I wouldn't like to be in their shoes. But this shows that there is no human solution for this, this global pandemic, this pandemic. No solution, no easy solution. And scientists and people are scratching their head. And there are greater things coming before Jesus returns, greater things coming where more and more people are going to say, we can't do this. God, will you help us? This is what God is doing in our generation. And so uh, many people will say, right, okay, so tell, tell me more. What is God saying and what is he doing in the earth right now? Something that we can draw from the signs of the times that we see around us. Overall, I would put it like this. God is preparing his people for their coming inheritance. He is preparing us, making a people ready for the kingdom. But in the meantime, we're not just being prepared for the kingdom. Part of that means we are involved in working for the kingdom and beginning to be the answer to the Lord's prayer. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. We talk about biblical eschatology. Eschatology means the study of the last things. But for many people, it's an eschatology. They think, I'm just going to get the heaven out of here, escape for the world, and they're looking for the rapture that will take us all out of here, and we just leave the rest to Antichrist. Uh, and that is not the true biblical revelation. The true biblical revelation is that we are called to be part of the working out and part of the working towards God's plan and purpose. We are called to engage with those who differ from us. We are called to manifest the kingdom. We are called to change our world. We are called to be agents of change along kingdom lines. The only thing is, we will never ever fully complete it while this present evil age continues. There will be struggles. Yes, there will be increased uh, experiences of opposition, even persecution and tribulation. For we must, through tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. But you know, when you study the Bible, you find two kind of themes. It's going to get worse and worse and worse, and it's going to get better and better. Now, I remember the, the great Bible teacher, uh, Dr. Derek Prince. He visited the church on many occasions. He, he is with the Lord now. And he would teach like this, he even taught like this in the church, in, in, our, in our own meetings. And people came to him and said, aren't you contradicting yourself? You, you're talking about end time victory, the victorious church of the end times. 
You're talking about the end time harvest. You're talking about the great moves of the Spirit that shall sweep whole nations and continents. And then you're also saying it's going to get worse and worse. How do you square that up? Well, with a, a sense of humor, Derek Prince smiled and he said, well, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, some, uh, some people are going to get worse and worse, but we're going to get better and better. And I'm one of the people who's going to get better and better. Even the book of Revelation points us in that direction by saying that those who will be unrighteous, those who have chosen that path, get on with it. You're going to reap the fruit of your ways, but those who have chosen to walk in ways of righteousness flourish, flourish, and blossom and bloom, even if it means difficult times. And the things that are coming on the face of the earth, some things will go through, some things will be totally protected from, but we know one thing, God is shaping us for our inheritance. And so, let me come to the three major things tonight. It's high uh, pace and high octane stuff, so I'll keep my message as, as short as possible. Uh, but I just pray that you listen up and get this well, because I, I will not have time to develop these points and to take them right the way through to, to everything that could be said. But these are pointers in certain directions. So what on earth is God doing? I've already mentioned one of these things. God is shaking the nations so that the things that can be shaken will be shaken. Now, as I've already mentioned that, let me just add this. And that is, make sure that your foundations are so firm that you've so built your relationship on Christ himself, not the other things, the add-ons, on Jesus himself, that you will not be shaken. Because if you're firmly founded on the rock, you cannot be shaken. Make sure that your roots are deep in God. Otherwise, you'll be easily uprooted. And one of the signs of the end times is that the love of many will grow cold and that, and that men's hearts will fail them for the things that are coming. There will also be a falling away. And this is one of the effects of lockdown. And I pray that you will be alerted to this. One of the effects of what we've gone through with all the anxiety and the pressure and the uncertainty I'm coming across people who have given up. They've lost their confidence. It's almost like the people in the exile saying, where is God? God, you, you've let the enemies win. Have you lost your power? Don't you care? Where's your faithfulness? And they were at the point, many of them, of losing their faith. Don't be like that. This thing is from the Lord, and it's there to strengthen you. So one of the things that will be exposed is the superficiality of so much church life, where it's revolving around nice, easy, listening music, nice, easy, listening sermons. Now, I try to make my messages as listenable as possible, but I do not sacrifice the truth of God's word and the challenge of God's word in order just to make people feel happy. I hope you're encouraged by the scriptures, but we have to take all the scriptures and call people to a deeper commitment, a closer connection, and to base their lives around discipleship 
and church life around winning and making and maturing disciples, which is the work of every person in the church. And one of the problems is that people come under the sound of this kind of teaching and say, I prefer an easier life. I want to live my own life. I want to just give God a token showing, and I will show up to church on Sundays. And you know what? They're not here today. They're prevented from being here today. And I doubt if they're even listening online because that attitude is one of the attitudes that is, uh, betrays a superficiality. God is deepening our experience. And as a result of deeper roots come brighter shoots and better fruits. That is what God is doing. Now, I encourage you to check out your, your foundations. There is... Um, a kind of um, attack that is coming uh, from the realms of the principalities and powers. And that is an attack on faith, an attack on faith in Christ. It's coming in lots of different ways. There are intellectual attacks. There, there's the attacks of irrelevance. So here, here's how it goes. Our society moves away from God and we are standing here where God stands. And they say, look how out of touch you are. No, no, no. It's society that's out of touch. We are in touch with the living God. So don't let people speak to you as if you are irrelevant. Just because society has moved in a direction whereby the teachings of the Bible appear to be obnoxious, to the point that when we stand up for the revelation of Scripture, we become the enemy. We become the enemy of people's freedom. We become the enemy of people's desire to express themselves in their own way, without limits, without boundaries. That is bondage. True freedom is walking with Jesus Christ. He says, you will know the truth, and he is the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here's a, uh, something to challenge you on. Challenge you also, do you really believe what you profess to believe? I remember when I was uh, a student that I heard from a certain university that was teaching theology, a London university, a London-based university teaching theology. And the theolo theological lecturers, the theology lecturers would go to chapel as there still was, at least in that day, a tradition. And part of the chapel, there'd be the Lord's Prayer, and there'd be the Apostles' Creed. And so these people would just stand up and say nothing while everybody else recited the Creed. So they were said, look, you know, this is a theological college. You know, you, you can't just stand there with your mouth shut. You've got to say something. So they said the Apostles' Creed like this. You believe in God Almighty. You believe. And they went through the whole thing saying, you believe it. I don't believe it. And those are the people who were teaching theology to those who went on to be in the ministry. No wonder. God is shaking us up. No wonder God is saying, enough is enough. Back to the Bible, back to the Word of God, back to relationship with Christ, back to true and genuine expression of church. Don't give up on the church. The church is the only hope in this world. No, God is shaking us that we will check out our foundations and our commitment. All right, <laughs> that's the first thing. The second thing is this, God is preparing for the new thing he's doing. The most important people 
on this planet are God's people. Christ's bride-to-be. Christ's body on the earth. And so God is working. Much of it's invisible. Much of it is happening without us really realizing it's happening so fast. But when the time is right for us to be back, fellowshipping in the building, and what a blessing that is, and we're not going to demolish Kensington Temple building, but it's to be used for its rightful purpose, which is to celebrate what God has done in your life and through your life in the week. It's not to give you your weekly shot in the arm so that you can just about survive until the next Sunday. And this is a, truly a reformation that I have been speaking about for 20 or 30 years that is coming to the household of God where we will take the great reformation of the uh, uh, 1600s, that great reformation which kicked off in Germany under the, under the leadership of Martin Luther and other great reformers. That reformation brought us back to the gospel, the gospel of grace through faith in Christ. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But much of the shape of the church was not altered. It was a bridge too far in those days. They based their reformed church very much on the model of the national churches or the national church of the day. They had to compete with that. And I want you to know that a day is coming when we will look not to the former patterns or the things that have brought us and served us well thus far. We will find new patterns. And I'm not talking about the deconstructionism that completely demolishes everything we know about church, but it means going back to the Bible for with the radical teaching of what it means to be the church, to express the church, to be committed to one another, to be part of a community, and to be part of a community shaped by Jesus Christ, and not to be independent churches, but actually to recognize our interdependence on all other believers, and not to be doing our own thing either, but not, neither to be controlled by some form of church which imposes something from outside, traditions from outside, ideas from outside. No, there will be a blend of the tried and trusted ways of working in the past together with the new spontaneous things that God will produce. This is a new reformation and these circumstances, the external circumstances of coronavirus are thrusting us into the new expression of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. It's, it's not a revolution in, in as much as we tear everything down. No, but it is a reformation coming back, being shaped by the principles of God's word, having a greater conscience of what the Bible reveals about these matters and having less to do with human traditions, more and more to do with the life-giving, empowering, transforming, innovating spirit of God. And we will see what that shape will be in times to come. So now is not the time to be abandoning community, but it's time to build true community and prepare 
for the new ways of living and expressing what that community will look like. There is going to be a new way for the new day. And church will explode. Now, part of this is the purification process, purifying the sons of Levi, and so that there would be a, a renewed, purified priesthood, which is you and me, all of us, together as members of the body of Christ. It will also be a time of growth, uh, and the growth that will happen will not be the cleverness of marketing or the attraction of certain things that we do when we come together in the building. Some of these things are good and helpful, but it will be the manifestation of the outpouring of the Spirit on our day and our generation. I want you to know this. Wherever there is issues or trouble or difficulty, God is there, and He will always freshly bless, freshly encourage, and take His people through to new heights in Him. And the third thing I want to share before I finish. God is driving his people back to the word and back to total dependence on him. The only way to survive is to thrive in God. Now today, many questions are being raised. Uh, many people are getting quite panicky and they're shooting off about all kinds of things. And one of the things that I was so surprised to hear, somebody said, oh, coronavirus is, is a sign the tribulation is happening. No way. No way is that the sign of the tribulation that is happening. It, it is tribulation. But they were talking about the great tribulation that would quickly usher in the return of Jesus Christ. Just go back in history. Go back to the First World War. The millions... Hundreds of millions who died. Follow that with the Spanish flu. 50 million died. 500 million affected. At, at some cases, the Spanish flu was so severe, you'd get sick in the morning, go green in the afternoon, and be dead by the evening. We have seen nothing by comparison to what our fathers have seen. The Second World War, the horrors and the atrocities of all of that, and the aftermath of that, and even now, in different nations in the world, they are really going through suffering. And yet we, weak, wishy-washy Westerners, have a little bit of inconvenience and go through something which is serious, I'm not minimizing it, but nothing by comparison to what former generations have gone through, and we cry, tribulation, tribulation, tribulation. Get back to the Word of God. Get to know what the Bible means by the return of Jesus Christ. Study it again. Get back to know what Jesus said about the signs of the times. Do you know that in Matthew 24, virtually all the signs that Jesus prophesied were fulfilled in AD 70, and yet people are still using those verses to scare people into some kind of thinking concerning the end times, which is not biblical. Get back to the Bible. Ask a question. What does the Bible teach? Go back to the Bible. Search the Scriptures. Search the Scriptures. And build, not on your prejudices, or build on popular publications or YouTube channels where people just go off the deep end and, and, and say all kinds of crazy things which are not biblical. Oh yes, they quote scripture, but they're not expounding scripture. Go back to the Word of God, back to the Bible, study these things again, search the scriptures, be a Bereans believer. 
those Bereans, they searched the Scriptures daily to see if what Paul had said was true. So here we go. We believe that God is working and God is uh, preparing us for his new work. Something else that is happening today, we find in uh, the uh, social um, um, commentators of the day and the societies move towards all kinds of ideas which are not rooted in Scripture, and they're trying to bring the changes that they believe will make us a better world and make us happier. They don't have solutions. Their premises are wrong. And so we need to get back to ask, what does the Bible really say? about social justice. How are we truly to work for that, including fighting racism, caring for the poor, taking political action, and dealing with the issues raised by LGBTQ+, and be able to go back to the Scriptures. You say, well, we know what the Bible teaches. Yet, we know the basics about the Bible, but when we search the Bible more deeply, we find ways of compassionately reaching out with the love and truth of Christ in a way that bridges gaps and builds relationship and draws people closer to the community of God's people. Now, what I say to you is that as we go back to the Scriptures and do the thinking, do the praying, do the studying, we will be able to stand alongside the movers and shakers of our society, the thinkers, the activists, the influencers. What are they planning? We need to know that and stand up and say, there is a better way. And his name is Jesus Christ. Now, any Sunday school child can say that, but we need to say it at a level that truly engages with what this world is thinking because in every way, it's all failing all around them. And the next thing, that the world puts forward will also fail. And then move away from that, looking for something else. We have to stand in that gap and say, Jesus Christ is Lord and God is the answer. Sounds simplistic, but actually it is simple. But we need to back it up with our research, our understanding. So let me conclude. God is doing a new thing. Oh, yes, he is. We have never been this way before. That's why we have to listen to the Holy Spirit as never before. He's going to guide us through. The world is changing, but God is unchanging, and Jesus never fails. We must also change. Get closer to God than ever before. Become more committed to Him and to each other than ever before. More active, more visible, more confident than ever before. And I call you tonight to a decision. Decide right now that you're going to be part of the new thing that God is doing.